Welcome one, welcome all to the Discovering Masculinity podcast, formerly known as the M60 podcast. I am your host, John Waltz, recording in Franklin, Tennessee, and this is a very, very special episode for me. Uh, If you know a lot about me, you'll know how this man and his ministry has influenced my life and even influenced the podcast. Um, So joining me for this episode of Discovering Masculinity, this man is a counselor, a teacher, and a New York Times best-selling author. He is the president of Wild at Heart, which is a ministry based in Colorado Springs, Colorado, that is devoted to helping people discover the heart of God, recover their own hearts in God's love, and learn how to live in God's kingdom. He is the author of many books. His most recent book is entitled Get Your Life Back, Everyday Practices for a a World Gone Mad. Uh, some of my favorite books that he's written is Beautiful Outlaw, Moving Mountains, and of course, the work that he's probably best known for, Wild at Heart. Joining me on the Discovering Masculinity podcast is Mr. John Eldridge. John, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. I really do appreciate it, and uh, I know we're going to have some uh, some great conversation here going forward. Yeah. Thanks, John. Great to be here with you. Looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. So jumping right in, this is the uh, the first question that I ask each guest, and uh, I, I think I kind of know how you're going to answer it, but uh, but I'll go ahead and, and lead it off here. Um, what does it mean to be a man in the 21st century in the Western world today? The same thing that it meant to be a man in the 5th century in Egypt, the same thing as it meant to be a man in the 1700s in Europe, the same thing that it means to be a man anywhere in the world today. I, honestly, actually, that is true. I'm not just being playful. M- masculinity is so deep to our nature, our human nature as men. The way that it gets played out in an hour like ours um, does have some pretty unique challenges to it. You know, what do we do with the technology the craze? What, what do we do with um, a lot of us working and spending much of our time away from our families just because of the, you know, <clears throat> the way the world works. And I think there are some unique challenges um, to us as men, but the core thing is you live with courage. You live with strength you realize that the story is not about you, but you are here as a warrior to fight for the hearts of other people, to fight for their well-being, their wholeness, the integrity of our communities, to to bring the love of God into a world that's um, pretty sideways right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sideways is... uh... That might be a bit of an understatement on that, but uh, um, you you do your own podcast. Wild at Heart does does your own podcast, um, and there were the last couple episodes kind of talks about uh, the 
the heart and the, uh, the masculine heart, uh, especially this most recent episode. So with everything that's kind of going on in the world today, I, I bring this, this topic up on just about every episode is that, um, you've talked about in wild at heart, that there is a, a central question that each man has, and it's written on the, on our hearts, just since the day that we're, we're born. And that is, do I have what it takes? Can I come through? And in this day and age, before COVID happened and before all the, the politically charged events of, of 2020 had happened, even then, if you had listened to the world, the answer to that question was a resounding no. And in this, in this day and age right now, the, the question, that question is being answered even more with a no. Like, you, you have to stay home. You can't go worship. You're, you're, you're on lockdown. You're, you're not essential. So what, what is a man to do with that? Uh, in in this day and age, with in the times that we live in, where where can we go to get to the the answer to that question? Yeah, I um, let's start with the dilemma first a little bit more, John. Why is suicide epidemic right now among men? I think that is a heartbreaking but very, very clear picture of what you're describing. That there is a feeling of powerlessness, mm -hmm. a, a, a feeling of hopelessness, a feeling of thing, I can't make a difference. I can't turn things around. And, and you gotta understand as guys, like the, the core need in men to turn things around. To mm -hmm. fix things, to make yes. things right, to make things good. To, you know, my battle this weekend was with a dishwasher that was oh. leaking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's the trips to the parts store and it's all that. And um, I actually got it relatively fixed and it felt fantastic, but it felt fantastic in 2021 because there's very little else I can fix in the world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just huge, John, for men to begin to tap into. I am here to make a difference. I'm here to come through. I have the heart of a warrior in me. I don't know what to fight and I don't feel like I can win. I don't feel like, quote, we're winning, whatever, you know, that means. And and so, yeah, right. To be told you're a non-essential worker, to be sent home to, you know, all that mm -hmm. for the majority of of guys out there is pretty brutal on the soul. Um, where do we go to, to get some, some help with that? The, to understand the journey, the masculine journey, the boy looks to his father to hear the answer to the question, you have what it takes. And the way father-son relationship was supposed to work over time was that the father would take the boy you know, out into the field, into the batting cages and, yeah. you know, into his homework and, and into all that. And, and in order to show him, you have what it takes. You can handle whatever life throws at you. Um, most of us didn't get that. I, I grew yeah. up in an alcoholic home. My dad blew up the family. I did not get that. I grew up fatherless. And, and, and this is where the the offer of the gospel, you know, in 2017, 
was powerful. But I mean, what we're talking about right now in 2021, that God wants to be your father. And he wants to come to you as a man and show you that you have what it takes. He, he wants to tell you it and he wants to show you it. And so in a moment like this, where we don't have the guys can't get back to work mm-hmm. or they're doing what we're doing, which is they're connecting you know, online. Um, it's not the same thing. There's just so we need God. Yeah. We need God as father to come to us and to help us navigate the feelings of helplessness, powerlessness um, right now, which you, you know, it's, it's, um, it's a rough hour to be a man, to be honest. Yeah. And I've personally experienced so many of those feelings that you, uh, you had described. I, before the pandemic hit and before we, you know, before I was sent home, I'm, I'm very thankful that in my, my primary day job, I'm able to work from home, but I was going into downtown Nashville and working in an office building every day. So I got to interact and see, you know, hundreds of different people every, every single day. And while I don't miss the commute home, I, I do kind of miss going into the office and, and actually interacting with an actual human being because, for eight hours of the day during my work day, I'm doing what we're doing. I'm, I'm staring at a screen or I'm, you know, I'm, I'm on whatever video conferencing platform that uh, our customers decide to use. And it's, uh, it is, it's, it's a very, it's a very trying thing. And, and one thing that I've turned to is, is, uh, is golf, because that's one of the few things that you can actually go out and do. And there's some built-in social distancing in there and it's still a way to, to test yourself, but even that can, can become unhealthy. So, so yeah, you know, reach, reaching out to God and, and inviting the Holy spirit and inviting Jesus into those, those wounded places in you and, and those places where you're, where you're struggling is definitely essential. in in an hour like this, um, kind of circling back to, to that, what, what does that look like when you are, when you're reaching out to God, when you're reaching out to, to, to Jesus, to, to come into those, those places in your soul where you're needing them? Cause I, I, I'm pretty well, feel like I'm pretty well versed in, in how, how that, that goes, having been uh, a student of what, what you've written over the years, but uh, there's probably some people in the audience that, uh, that haven't done that. So what, uh, what does that look like? Well, again, let, let's, um, let's try and start with the basics. You have a heart and your heart matters. And there's very little in this world that will tell you that, but, but I'm here to tell you, your heart matters. You have a masculine heart. If you're a man listening to this, you have a feminine heart. If you're a woman sneaking into the show audience, um, but you have a heart and your heart is the center of your life. And, and how your heart is doing is going to affect everything else in your world. And so we're not talking about only engaging the external world. And by the way, I think golfing is a great idea right now. Like we're, we're all climbing the walls, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. Well, we've got the screaming memes, man. I'm so sick of the, the lockdown stuff. I got to get out. And if I don't get out, I am not well. Yeah. So... Yes, to very simple things. Get on your bike. 
go for a run, go golf, do something, go fishing. They still let that happen because that's social distancing. Like, yes, you need to do some things to take care of your soul. The core issues of the heart are, are to open your heart to the reality that you have a father who loves you. You still do right now. You yes. have a father who loves you and you have a friend and an ally in Jesus who is great at strengthening the heart, healing the heart, guiding us into what we need. Okay. So I think, I think it begins with a couple questions, you know, guys, as you're done listening to this podcast in the next 24 hours, ask yourself a couple questions. How's my heart? How am I doing actually internally mm-hmm. and, and let your emotions speak? You go, man, I am just so freaking pissed. Go, okay, okay. Pay attention to that. That don't just push that down. Why? Ask yourself why, why am I so mad? Why am I so angry? And just begin to let the heart have a voice again. Yeah. Give your heart a voice. It may be, I'm, I'm anxious. I'm anxious about the future. I'm, I'm anxious about the future of, of, of our country or the future of my work or the future of my kids. Okay, all right, give your heart a voice. And then as you tap into those things, you invite God there. Say, Father, I need you to father me here. I'm anxious. I need you to father me here. I'm angry. I need you to father me here. I'm, I'm lonely. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. first tap into your heart. How are you doing? And then having written it down or given some words to it or just kind of getting some clarity on that, open that to the presence of God. Father, come here in my loneliness or in my anger, my fear. This is where I need you right now, God. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. And you will be for those in the audience, you'll, you'll experience wondrous things and, and really rich intimacy with, with God and with, with Jesus. When you, when you ask those questions and you give your heart that voice and, you know, don't be afraid of, of what your heart's going to say. Don't, you know, looking at, at, uh, at David, the psalmist, I mean, you, you can see the dichotomy of emotions in there. He was not afraid of, what his heart would say. And he was not afraid to express that Mm. to, to God himself. And I I would just encourage it. It's, it's okay to be angry and anxious. And in, in this hour, we all, we all feel it, but rely on, on God, the father to, to work through that. Cause as John said, you, you have a heart, it's central and it, and it matters to, it matters to God. It matters to Jesus. Um, and that's kind of the, the main central message of your, of your ministry of, of wild at heart is that the heart is central and, and that the heart is good. And I know that you've taken a little bit of, um, of pushback on that over the years when, uh, uh, with that, that philosophy. So talk to us a little bit more about, about where that came from and, and why the heart is so central. Well, those, those are two different thoughts. So let's start with the heart is central. Um, you pick up a concordance if you're if you're a, a, a faith oriented person. Just just go through any Bible uh, 
website and get on and just type in heart and look at all the verses on it. It, um, you know, when God is lamenting in the scriptures and Jesus repeats it in the new Testament, he says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And that famous passage in second Chronicles, the eyes of the Lord rove to and fro across the earth, looking for those whose hearts are fully his that he might show himself mighty on their behalf. On and on it goes, right? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Yes. Right. Paul yeah. prays in Ephesians 3 that God would strengthen us so that Christ may dwell in our hearts. The heart is the central theme of the scriptures. The heart is the central theme of human life. For the very simple reason that when you lose heart, you're gone. You, yeah. you have been taken out. You can't love without a heart. You can't have joy without a heart. You can't laugh without a heart. It, the heart mm -hmm. is the power source of life. So Proverbs 4.23, above everything else, guard your heart because it is the wellspring of life within you. So the heart is central. And you can look at it from psychology. You can look at it from philosophy, from sociology. You can look at it from the scriptures and from theology and see the heart is absolutely central to human existence. And, and the fight is over the heart. The world is at war, the heart is the prize. The enemy and, and the world, which is his puppet, is trying to use everything he can from fear and doubt, anxiety and uncertainty, depression, discouragement, anything he can to assault mm -hmm. the human heart. And, and then you have your personal story right? Everyone's got a story. And, and back in your story, there's a lot of heartache, you know, yeah. broken, broken trust and betrayal. There's parents who left or who didn't love well. There's boyfriends, girlfriends, you know, who broke your heart. You know, there's, you didn't make the team. You didn't get into the college you wanted. You lost your job. You, you, all that, right? The heart mm -hmm. takes a pounding in this world. <clears throat> and when when Jesus engages people, he always goes after the heart. He's here, he said, Isaiah 61, to heal our hearts. Mm -hmm. He's here yeah. to heal our hearts. Yeah. So that makes the heart central. Um, that, that didn't get me into as much trouble as when we began to show, show people that the human heart can also be profoundly good. Mm. Um, yeah. And, and there's some confusion about that in Christendom um, because, you know, passages like Jeremiah 17, nine, the heart is def desperately wicked. Who can know it? And, and let me say very clearly, the human heart is a royal disaster apart from the help of God. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, we're selfish, we're self-centered, we're arrogant we're lustful, we're angry, we're vengeful. Come on, like yeah. oh, spend yeah. a weekend with your in-laws. You oh, know? yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You don't need to be a therapist or a theologian to know that there are significant issues with the human heart. Uh, but, but here's the thing. God knew that humanity needed a rescue. Humanity needed a rescue. Humanity still needs a rescue. Yes. And when he intervened, <clears throat> he went straight for the bullseye. 
he's he in the promise of the new covenant is a new heart i will give you a new heart i will give you and that's why paul says in romans 2 he says no 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 no. a jew that's not outward it's not he said it's inward circumcision is of the heart mm-hmm. right it, it is a heart that it has become fully god's and so when jesus teaches in the parable of the sower and the seed he says the seed that fell on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, receive it, and by persevering produce a crop. That there, every human heart needs radical healing and radical transformation. Many people have never been told that that is what God is up to. Yeah. That's what he loves to do. Yeah. I was I was very fortunate. Um wild at heart was, uh, I I read that before I became a Christian. Um, it was one of the things that led me to that salvation. Like, Oh, this is a God that's totally different than how I perceived him. Like, this is, this is what he's after with me. Well, like, yes. Yeah. You know, let, let me partake in that. I, I want, I want that. And, um, that, that message is just is has been so huge and and it's a it's a continual process the restoration of your heart and we'll, we'll never i don't think we'll ever be full have our hearts fully restored and rescued this on on this side of heaven but right you know we can it, it's it's something that we've got to work on and, and and practice every day for for sure um well and and as a word of hope there's far more available than most people have experienced Oh yes, yeah. There's truckloads of joy and and happiness and restoration and healing in the human heart than most people have yet experienced mm-hmm. because they ignore their hearts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's uh that's huge and and even in again in days like today you've got to the heart is even more central than I mean, it's just as central as it was, but I mean, it's, it's, it's even more so you've got to pay attention to it and, and care for that even, even more in a day like today. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that in the, uh, in the second segment, we'll talk a little bit about your, uh, your most recent book, get your life back, uh, which has some, some good practices and some soul care things in there. But, uh, um, I want to talk about Jesus himself as a man. This is one thing that you talk a lot about in, in wild at heart and, I want to, for, for the audience who hasn't um, read the book yet, um, just talk to us about who Jesus was as a man and, and his masculine heart. Yeah, because if you spent any time <clears throat> either in art galleries or in Sunday school, in both places, you're going to get a very wrong impression about who Jesus was as a man. It, you know, gentle Jesus, meek and mild and and. Men need someone we can follow. We need someone we can look up to. I I love the HBO Band of Brothers uh, series on the Easy Company through World War II, or you can read uh, the book, Ambrose's book, Band of Brothers, and they're good leaders and they're bad leaders. And And the guy that you want to follow into battle is a guy, among other things, of immense courage, right? If you, we need a warrior. <clears throat> to lead us in this war. So here's the question. Is Jesus a warrior? 
or is he just a very, very nice man? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and most, most, yeah, it's heartbreaking. Most people's picture of Jesus Christ is very creepy. It's super religious. It's very stained glass. He's, he, he's always in a white robe. He's never dirty. His fingernails are clean. His hair is curly and oily and, and, and he's got children around him, you know, which is wonderful. I love children, but he, he doesn't, you're not getting a good picture. Right. The, the, this is the man who made lions, jaguars, cougars, grizzly bears. This is the man who made thunderstorms, waterfalls, the open ocean. This is a man of enormous power and strength. And, and in the Old Testament, in Exodus 15, 3, they literally say, the Lord is a warrior. Our God is a warrior God. And you get into the Gospels of Jesus and actually read them for yourself. Jesus is constantly getting in conflicts. He says the most scandalous things. He offends people. Mm-hmm. He, he, now, he's not mean, but he just knows that he's dealing with incredibly hard-hearted people and very religiously hard-hearted people. And you snakes, you make people twice as fit for hell as you are. <laughs> You're like, that's, whoa, yeah. I didn't hear I didn't hear that in Sunday school. Yeah. So we, that's we, that's a strong statement. That's uh that is, it is, and it's always in love. It's always in love. He's not a jerk. Jesus is not a jerk. He he is just an incredibly uncompromising man filled with purpose and integrity. He is a man on fire. And then you talk about like he descends into hell and takes the keys away from the most terrifying creature in the universe that if you met in person, you would piss yourself. Oh, yeah. And and Jesus walks into his headquarters, makes him kneel, takes the keys of hell and death, and on his way out brings a bunch of captives released with him. Yeah. Okay, so you, you're, you're talking about an extraordinary man when you meet Jesus of Nazareth. He's brilliant. He's funny. He's all get out. And he is filled with a warrior's heart of courage and of love. And this is, this is a guy that men can follow. Like we can learn masculinity from a guy like that. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always go back to the line in in your book in, in wild at heart, was he more like William Wallace or mother Teresa depending on what situation called for. But, um, and I, I, I kind of used a version of, of that line in, in my previous episode that what type of a man would you want to be? Would you want to be a man like Al Bundy or would you want to be William Wallace? Well, you know, I want to be a, a man like, like William Wallace. I want to be a man like the real Jesus who is, definitely knows he is part of a story larger than himself and is and is willing to to take those risks to to rescue those who are in need and and to and and to inspire and and get people to to follow um i I think that's something that's very very missing in in masculinity today is that we just it's one of the reasons men are so angry we just don't know who to follow we don't know what to do we've got all these yearnings and all these innermost feelings that that are written that are written on our characters and our souls since the day we were born and we just don't know how to 
to manifest that in a constructive way. So I, I think that's key learning who Jesus really is and, and, and following that Jesus, the, the one who turned over the, the, the tables in the temple, the, where they were selling animals for sacrifice, the, the Jesus who was so fraught and passionate with, with emotion that he sweat blood in the garden of Gethsemane, the, the man who, who, who rode in triumphantly on, on the donkey, the man who called out the Pharisees and, and told them, you know, what they were doing and a brood, brood of vipers as, 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 as you said. So, um, I think that's, if there's one thing, men, that you can take away from this first segment is, is find, find the real Jesus and follow him. And that will bring your your life and your masculine journey into a into a really clear focus. So that will do it for our first segment here. We'll take a quick break, and then in the second segment, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some of the books that John has written over the years, and uh, we'll do some discussion around that. This is discovering masculinity. I'm your host, John Waltz. We'll be right back. We are off to a huge and hot start here in 2021 of the Discovering Masculinity podcast. If you'd like to support the content of this show, you can donate through PayPal or Patreon. I've got some great stuff up on my Patreon page, almost full bonus episodes with uh, a few guests of mine and some lighter hearted stuff. That's in my link tree in the show notes. Also, if you want to contribute in other ways to the podcast, you can find me on instagram discovering masculinity on instagram and you can dm me an article or a show topic you want me to go over or if you know of a great book or a a great guest that i could potentially have on shoot that to me i'll take a look at it if you're in the position to sponsor the program uh, shoot me a dm on instagram or email me email is the same m60 podcast at gmail.com If you want to reach out to me on social media, you can find all of my links to my social media profiles in my link tree in the show notes below. Now, let's get back to our interview with New York Times bestselling author, John Eldridge. Welcome back. This is the Discovering Masculinity podcast. I am your host, John Waltz, and joining me for this episode, very special guest. I'm so thrilled and and excited to have him on the the podcast today, Mr. John Eldridge, the founder of Wild at Heart Ministries in Colorado Springs, Colorado, and author of New York Times bestselling author of of so many great books over the course of the years. And um, 
John, let's let's get into um, one of the books that you're you're probably most famous for, Wild at Heart. Um, talk to us about the the early days of that when when God put it on your heart to write a, a book for men. What was what was He saying to you? What was the the message? What was the uh, the, the prompting for that? <clears throat> I think, um, John, it was two things. It was personal. I was losing heart as a man in what the world was telling me about masculinity and what the church was telling me about masculinity. It just wasn't working. And, um, <clears throat> and I was a therapist at the time. So I'm in my thirties. I'm a young therapist and all of my male clients, no matter what the presenting issue was, you know, one guy comes in because it's a gambling disorder and the next guy comes in with his wife because they're on the brink of divorce and, you know, on and on, depression, addiction. But what I began to discover in the lives of these very beautiful broken men was that the, the core was always the same. It was their heart as men. And you get back into their story and it was their relationship with their father. And it, it was the loss of heart somewhere in their story. And so I began to put some thoughts together around that and discovering those things to be very true in my own story. <clears throat> when I wrote Wild at Heart, I was nobody. You know, I was just a, a therapist in his mid thirties living in Colorado. But I knew I had found gold because as I worked with men, it helped. Mm -hmm. They got better. They got their hearts back. They, they grew in joy and in strength. They grew in freedom and in risk-taking. I mean, they began to become like really good men, men on fire, men alive. Yeah. So I knew I was the guy that found the treasure in the field. I'm like, this is gold. Um, here's a funny part of the story. So I go to my publisher, all I've written right now, I wrote Sacred Romance with my counseling mentor, Brent Curtis. Um, and it did, it did fairly well, um, not a blockbuster. Um, so I go to the publisher and I say, hey, I've got this book for men. And they say, nah, <laughs> we're not interested. Books for men don't sell. Uh, and, and so they're like, what else have you got? And I said, well, I also want to write this book on the power of desire. They're like, yeah, yeah, let's do that first. And then we'll throw the men's book in there just to make you happy. So I actually wrote Journey of Desire and then Wild at Heart. Um, and then Wild at Heart, you know, it's, it is the treasure in the field. It's, it it's, is, simply yeah. the, it's simply the truth. It's just, look, here's what the masculine journey looks like. Here's where we lose heart. Here's how you get your heart back. Here's what it means to be trained as a man. And, and uh, we just actually produced a new film series on Wild at Heart that comes out in March. It's absolutely killer. Mm, okay. Um, but in order to do that, I had to go back through the book. I hadn't, I hadn't read Wild at Heart personally in years. And I was really expecting to be embarrassed. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, what's it gonna be like to read this? And, and here's the cool story, John, is that, you know, cause the publisher was saying, do you wanna update anything or any changes need to be made, that kind of thing. And, and I came back and said, well, you know, there's a couple things that, that we probably ought to update for the times, but no, it, it's solid. It's eternal. Um, this book is being used in uh, drug prisons in Medellin, Colombia. It's being used in Catholic monasteries in Slovakia. This thing is all over the world. 
because it's not about culture and it's not about your age and it's not about your economic status or, or your race. It, it, it is the core of God's design in, in, in men. And I'm just thrilled to have grabbed that tiger by the tail. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and as I said in the, in the first segment, I was, it was one of the, uh, it was one of the things that, that led me to, uh, Christianity and to, and to, 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 uh, giving, giving my life to Jesus was that like, I, I was just so amazed that that kind of intimacy and that kind of training and initiate initiation and growth as a man can come from, you know, something that I kind of viewed as, as, as sappy and kind of, you know, as we were talking in the, and I was like, Oh, you know, I, I can still, I can still have these, you know, the, this warrior heart, I can still have this, I can, I can still be this person that I want to be, even though, even when I am following Christ that, and so that was just such an amazing, such an amazing discovery for me that when I, when I first read it and, um, I was, uh, fortunate enough to participate in the, uh, the last boot camp that, uh, that you had put on, um, last, you know, before COVID hit last year, um, which God spoke me to me through that to say, Hey, you know, start this podcast that you want to do. Um, All right on. and so, um, that was just, there's, there's just so many amazing stories that, that have come through, come through wild at heart that, uh, uh, you're, you're right. You definitely discovered the, the gold in the field there. Um, so let's switch over to one of one of your other books here that I want to talk to you about, um, and it's it's a it was a really great book, and I, I actually read it before it was um, before it was retitled. Um, in your book, Fathered by God, you discuss the seasons in a man's life and how he transitions from the cowboy to the warrior to the king to the sage. So, um, talk to the audience a little bit about that and uh, and how you've experienced that as your own life as. Uh, has progressed. Yeah, one of the greatest things in my life has been raising three boys. I mean, there's nothing like parenting to bring you into the real world, right? If, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. <laughs> it's just like, there's no theory there. It's like, uh, it's all rubber meets the road. <clears throat> raising three boys, counseling men, looking back into the scriptures, looking at the lives of men like Roosevelt and and other heroes, I began to wonder what is the masculine journey? Can you can you see it in stages? And sure enough, you can. Mm -hmm. And and there there are these developmental stages in a man's life. You don't just become a king when, when you're 22. You shouldn't like you right. shouldn't be yeah. entrusted with a truckload of money or power or influence or a big shiny title or a big shiny house like that. That'll crush you. Uh, there's there's a progression. The masculine soul develops and, and needs to learn certain lessons over time. You know, so for example, what we have right now in the world, John, is, is mostly boys walking around in men's bodies. Yeah, we, we are we are very young and very unfinished men. There there's there and so for example, you get a guy. <clears throat> the first stage is beloved son. And the beloved son knows that his dad adores him. 
and and he gets to play Legos and they get to wrestle and they go for bike rides and yeah. there's story time at night and it's all that stuff, right? It's ice cream and 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 it's fishing trips and it's going to the ball game and 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 the boy learns that his father adores him and it it's a it's a firm foundation for the lessons to come. Well, if he never got to be the beloved son and now he's 45 and he's got a bunch of money, he starts buying the toys. It's the boats and the jet skis and the motorcycles and stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The golf clubs, you know, in yeah, my case. Exactly. Yeah. Or he needs to be the center of the conversation and the meeting, or he needs to dominate the board room or whatever. And it's because he, he doesn't know belovedness. He just doesn't know he's loved. And 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 then on on we go, you know, like the stage of the cowboys in the in the teenage years and and the reason beloved son is so important is because when you hit hit the cowboy stage it's time for hard work mm -hmm. and the cowboy learns from two things he learns from hard work and adventure you know this is where a lot of young guys take up something you know they, they take up rock climbing or you know downhill skiing or travel and they um and those adventures are really important because they shape your soul and, and they develop things in you and and the cowboy learns that there's a way things work in the world. You can't just, you know, you can't approach that deer uh, upwind of him. You, you, you can't turn that canoe sideways in the river. You, there's just a way life works. Mm -hmm. and, and men in a technology society don't know that. Like, no, no, you just push a button. I can buy a house from my phone. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like I, 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 I can fix anything just by calling someone. I, you know, I don't, there isn't a way things work. You can just click, 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 click. It's very bad for the masculine soul, by the way. And so there are these beautiful stages. He, he goes through the stage of the cowboy to become the warrior. And somewhere around 18, 19, you know, in, into his 20s is the stage of the warrior. Now, you'll see the warrior in the little boy. Right. He wants to be Spider-Man. He wants to be a Jedi Knight. You know? Yeah. 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 He wants yeah. To oh, yeah. That was me. You know? That was me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on. Dart Wars and snowball mm -hmm. fights and all that stuff. Um, and, and it's beautiful to bless that in the boy, by the way. He needs to you got to, you know, buy him the lightsaber, buy him the Nerf gun. You know, I, I was um, a Star Trek kid. For me, it was being captain of the Enterprise. So heck yeah, man. And when I was growing up, they had these really cool Star Trek guns that fired these little plastic discs. Oh yeah, and they really hurt. And so <laughs> I was back. That was back in the seventy, you know, sixties, where they didn't care about toys. But you can't get those anymore. Um, he learns to be the warrior, and he he needs a, he needs a battle. He needs a mission. He needs something bigger that his life is about. And it, it, it might it might be he joins uh, the armed forces. It might be he goes to grad school and just finishing school is, is his fight. It, it, it might be that he, he goes and teaches uh, literacy in the inner city and he's fighting for the hearts of those kids. But he needs a mission. He needs something. Is, he needs a fight. He needs something that his life is about. And, yeah. and, and so on through the progression. He becomes the lover. He becomes the king. You know, and, and if, if we if we accept these stages and here's the really cool thing, if you, if you guys will go back and, and read that that book. Father, by God, God will take you back no matter what age you are, and he will finish things that didn't get finished. So you go, oh, I'm screwed. Like I didn't have a dad. I didn't even I, I didn't even get ground zero. I don't know. I'm the beloved son. He'll bring that to you. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. He will. And, and you go, oh, I don't, I don't know what it means to be the cowboy. I didn't have a lot of adventure. I, I, I went straight to work. You know, I, I had to help my family and I went straight to the pizza place or whatever. And I just go, it's okay. God's got adventures for you right now. A really fun prayer, fellas. Let me give you one other just simple takeaway from the podcast. The first thing you're going to do is ask your heart how you're doing. Yes. Uh, the second thing you're going to do is say, Father, what adventures do you have for me this year? And, and they don't make them super big. It doesn't have to be, you know, you're going to travel to Patagonia. Uh, what adventures do you have for me this year? He says, hey, I want, I want you to buy a motorcycle. Or I want you to, I want you to take up uh, a sport this year. I want you to take up basketball. Or, you know, I want you to start your own company. That's my adventure for you this year. You're going to start your own company. See, men need that. We need adventure and, and to be nourished. So even though we didn't get everything we needed in these stages, God is fathering us and filling in the missing pieces in us. Yes. Yeah. It's really yeah. hopeful. It is. It is. I I can see the ways that, that he's done that for, for me in the past. I'm very, very thankful every day that I was able to, uh, my, my dad, uh, I actually interviewed him for um, episode 20 of this podcast, but um, he and I had a great relationship growing up and I always knew that I was the beloved son and um, I, I can't imagine going through life like that. But then, you know, there's some other things that I, that I did miss out on kind of growing up and I never really, for me personally, I, I've never really until just recently fell, found a cause that I felt like I could, could have been a part of to, to express that, go through that warrior stage. So I'm, I'm still kind of transitioning into that, but God brought me into that. He brought me into, to doing this podcast. He brought me into going out to Colorado and, and going on that adventure. Um, and the, the things that it taught that, that he taught me, uh, out there. So yes, man, it, it is available and, and, you know, ask God for those adventures and, and, uh, and, and really, really do that and really pursue that until you've, you've had a breakthrough and, and come through on that. Um, so John, your most recent book, uh, we'll switch gears to that one called get your life back everyday practices for a world gone mad. Uh, really great book. I, when, when quarantine first started, I, I read through it and finished, finished it up. I actually bought it at boot camp when I was out there. Um, you had released it. I think it was released about 30 days before the, the pandemic kind of hit or is yeah, that, it was right. It was right before the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the more I go through life and the more I, I see things like this, I just don't believe in coincidence anymore. It's, it's really, uh, um, but you go through a lot of, uh, you go through some, uh, soul practice, uh, soul care practices and just how we can shield, sheer, uh, use your words, John shield our lives from, um, you know, the, the madness that the world has, has thrown at us. Um, can you briefly go over a few of those and, and just kind of some of the main takeaways from, from the book? Yeah. Yeah. Gang, let's just all admit we're pretty beat up from 2020, uh, it, it was a real punch. And in a lot of ways, the fear, the uncertainty, the quarantines, you know, the, the, the racial uh, hatred, the, oh man, um, just heartbreaking stuff left and right. And then the politics and 
the economics. And, okay, so we're pretty beat up. And what are you going to do this year to take care of your soul? Okay, that's another, that's the third takeaway from the podcast. What are you yeah. going to do this year to take care of your soul? And, and I'll suggest a couple things. One, um, you, you need to get outside every day what a human being is, what a body is, what a soul is. We, we are not created to spend the whole day in front of screens. Uh, it really jacks your brain uh, mm-hmm. and it, it really messes with your, your fatigue and in, in your heart, to be frank. Um, it's not how we were meant to connect with human beings. Uh, and so you got to get outside. You got, you got to let your body move. You got to take in some beauty. Um, the human, the human soul is healed by beauty. And, and for me, one of the things that was my go-to and still is, uh, during the quarantines was I'd watch nature shows and mm. like, just to watch these massive waterfalls or these incredible, you know, leopards, or it's like, it's so healing. It's like, oh yeah, right. There you are, God. That's what you're like. That's what your world is like. So beauty, nature, get outside, super healing. Um, another practice that's going to be really, really helpful to you is what I call benevolent detachment. And it's learning to just disentangle from the crazy. There's too much out there. Now you were never, you were never meant to know the body count in Rome. You were never meant to know about the wildfires in Australia or Brazil. You just, that the human soul was never meant to take in this much news let alone bad news yeah yeah. and so you you gotta let it go like benevolent detachment you just literally detach from it say i just give this to you god i i i can't carry this and bedtime is a really good time to do that you know just Mm -hmm. let go you just go oh man that meeting i'm still angry about that meeting i let that go to you god i give that to you the kids that i'm worried about or what you know my future i let it go i let it go i let it go it's really, really important. This is, this is scripture. Cast all your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. We don't know how to do that real well. We, we, we carry stuff. We just oh, yeah. let this thing, it sticks to us like Velcro. And, and so learning to let it go. And now particularly the politics, the pandemic, you know, all of that. You, you have got to turn that over to God. Yeah. And, and it, as you do that, even if you just pause a couple times a day, and we built an app for this, by the way. So here's a yeah, free I was app. just going to bring that up. Yeah, I'll have a link yeah, to that in it, the show notes for. Um, this is very simple, gang. Uh, yeah. Download. It's free. It's the one minute pause. And, and it'll guide you through a very simple exercise a couple times a day. I'm just going to pause. And I'm going to let it go. Because mm-hmm. by 10 o'clock, I'm already spun up. I mean, you know, oh, yeah. Yeah. so that that's simple. That's that's something I'll give you one more thing you can do. Save your life. Uh, five minutes of news. No more. Five yep. minutes. Get in, get the basics and get out. Like, of course, you need to know what's going on in your state or your county. You need to know are there new restrictions? You, you know, you want to pray for the world. So you need to know what's going on. But but get in and get out. If you the news is designed to fry you. Yeah. It just fr- it fries you. Yeah, it's not encouraging. It's not a soul spa. It is. It, you don't feel like you know. You feel when you're on vacation when you watch the news. It it, it totally drains you. So, 
discipline yourself to say, you know what, I'm, I'm getting off screens, I'm getting off the news, I'm getting off social media, I'm gonna get outside, I might buy you just basic things. This is, this is all free people, like you, everybody can do this. Yeah. And you can get your soul back, get your life back. Yeah. Well, he is John Eldridge, New York Times bestselling author and author of Wild at Heart, Get Your Life Back, Fathered by God, among many, many other books. John, the uh, last question that uh, I ask each guest is this, and you've, you've done this throughout the course of your life and, and your career, and, and uh, so this should be a pretty bit of a softball question for you, but um, let's just say that you have the opportunity to speak into the life of a young man who is they're they're down on life and they're down on world and on the world and they've become kind of cynical and angry at things and that they've had that core question answered with a resounding no so many times in in their life that they can't even beg bring themselves to ask that question again what what kind of advice and encouragement would you give a young man like that in that situation well, there, there are so many things I want to say, <clears throat> but if I could make it kind and simple, I would say, first, get out of the isolation. You've got, you've got to get out of the isolation. You need a man or two in your life. So go to the gym, join a Bible study, get in a book group, something, you know, find, get out of the isolation because the isolation is going to you just get trapped in your own thoughts, you know, and, and you don't get free <clears throat> to get out of the isolation. I think I want to say to you that let the world go. Let it go. It's not your mission right now. You need to get your heart back. So what are you going to do to get your heart back? Do you need to see a counselor? Do you need to quit your job and change careers? Do you need to drop the girl that isn't treating you well? What is it that you need to do to get your heart back? And, and John would say, read wild at heart. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, yes. <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Well, thanks so much, John. I, I, I can't begin to express my thanks to you and, and to, uh, to the group there at Wild at Heart for, for helping me, not just with this podcast, but for uh, just, you know, you're, um, you're one, you're one of the people that's, uh, that's getting me into the kingdom. So, you know, I, I can't, uh, for, for that alone, I, I, I thank you. And, and, uh, just, um, before we wrap things up, where are, where's the uh, best place for people to find you out there? Yeah. Wildatheart.org. Wildatheart.org. ORG. Um, you can find us, our podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Wild at Heart podcast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well done, John. Well done. Thank you. Way to, way to take the risk of coming out to Colorado. Way, way to follow God into this. Way to go. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, he is John Eldridge, and I am John Waltz. This is the Discovering Masculinity podcast, and I will talk to you next time.